This morning as we continue the year-long theme that God has given us, theme that says restore, support, and strengthen. We said at the beginning of this year uh, that our assignment from the Lord was to incorporate the messages of this year somehow to this theme, and God has allowed us to do that. But starting today and for the next five or so messages that I'm going to share, we're going to talk about how attitudes, how our attitude impacts our ability to be restored and to be strengthened and to be supported by the Lord. So he has given us at least five messages, and maybe more when God finishes, to talk about the importance of attitudes, importance of attitudes as it relates to where we are with the Lord. How many of you know you need the right attitude? Amen. God expects the right attitude. Our text for today's message is found in the gospel that was recorded by Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 14, concluding at verse 19, reading from the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 17, verses 14 through 19, the New Living Translation. A very familiar gospel narrative, one that I've certainly preached from many times before but how it ties into attitude, the attitude that leads to the process of being restored by God. Look at verse 14, if you will, of chapter 17, the New Living Translation, and it reads, he looked at them and said, Jesus did, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, somebody say one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. Ooh, I love this text. One of them, when he saw what Jesus had done, he came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God. Verse 16 is where the subject is going to be taken from. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Ooh. Where are the other nine? Ah, what a question. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this one foreigner? Jesus concluded with verse 19. Jesus said to this man, stand up and go. It was your faith that has healed you. We ask God's blessings on the hearing and the reading of his word. The year-long theme is to restore, support, and strengthen. This is one of at least five messages dealing with attitudes. Our subject for today's message for the next few moments want to speak to you from the subject and attitude of gratitude. All the thankful folk, put your hands together. Give God a hand of praise. Listen, I begin this message by stating something that has been said before, and I agree with this assessment. It says that all genuine worshipers possess an attitude of gratitude. I want you to pay close attention 
to the statement, it did not say all worshipers, because it does not include the fake worshipers. It did not say everybody who sings a shout or falls out, but all genuine worshipers possess an attitude of gratitude. Now, when we use the word gratitude as it relates to today's message, it is defined simply as the quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. Being grateful, being thankful. When we use the word attitude, as we will in the next several messages, it is defined as a feeling or a way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. And I would add their beliefs as well. Listen, I am convinced that the foundation of our relationship with the Lord The Lord dropped this in my spirit some weeks ago as I was working on this message. The foundation of our relationship with the Lord revolves around our attitude, which leads not just to our beliefs, but to how we behave. Yes, attitude does determine altitude. If you want to know if you're going to go a certain place, check your attitude. You want to know if God can use you to do a mighty work, check your attitude. I did not say check your talent. I did not say check your ability to articulate, pontificate, sing, lay hands, anoint, or even convince or even fool people some of the time. But if you really want to judge what your success will be, check your attitude. A real genuine servant of the Lord, genuine worshiper, has an attitude of gratitude. May I preach this this morning? David, who was perhaps the most noted in the Bible, writes these words in Psalms 116, Verses 12 and 13, the New Living Translation puts it this way. David says, what shall I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? (laughs) Uh, This is what made David special, a man out of God's own heart, is that he had the right attitude even when he messed up. He had the right attitude. David said, what shall I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? He says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and I will praise the Lord's name. One translation said, I will call on the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord's name for saving me. Does anybody in here know that you owe God at least a praise if for nothing else, just for saving you. <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, I, I don't care. Some people are shy. Some people are reserved. Some people are not that animated. But I used to say a long time ago, everybody ought to have at least one outward expression about what the Lord has done for you. And even if, if you don't want your uh, emotions to be on display, just clap your hands. And every now and then, you ought to not clap so cute or so politely. You've got to clap it so everybody can hear. Like you do at a sports event or something when your team is winning. How many know God deserves your... See, what you know what always amazes me? Some of the people who said they are the most reserved, I've seen them, how they respond to their teams. I've been at the Brothers Super Bowl party when some of the four, I didn't even know they could talk until that team started winning and then they started yelling, Pastor Lawson, and clapping. And I say, there it is. Well, maybe I need a Patriots uniform in order to get some praise out of somebody. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, anybody know that every now and then 
you ought to have an attitude of gratitude. Uh, listen. Attitude is important. A grateful heart is important. Uh, a first century, the first century Roman philosopher by the name of Lucius Seneca wrote these words and I quote, nothing is more honorable than a grateful heart. <laughs> Think about it. If you want to know if you're honorable or not, are you grateful? See, when you're arrogant, I don't care how gifted you are. I really don't have much tolerance for arrogant people, even if they're gifted and anointed. You may be able to sing better than anybody else, but I'd rather you sing someplace else if you've got an arrogant attitude, because nobody wants to put up with your, somebody shout attitude. Ain't nothing worse than a prima donna with a gift and a bad attitude. Can I preach? Uh, attitudes matter. In the Bible, we see this. Nothing seems to irritate the Lord like that of an, an ungrateful attitude. You want to know what gets under God's skin? What, what moves him in a negative way? An ungrateful attitude. Listen, in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21, Jesus shares a parable concerning the ungratefulness of a certain rich man. You know the story. Jesus, in this parable, Deacon Lumpkin refers to this certain rich man as a fool. Very strong languages because the Bible says don't call your brother a fool unless you're in danger of hell's fire. But Jesus calls this man a fool, not because he was rich, but because he was ungrateful. Jesus referred to him in the harshest language, perhaps Jesus used throughout the gospel as a fool. In other words, it moved Jesus in such a visual, uh, emotional way to talk so bad about this man. And Jesus did not have a problem with his money. Jesus has a problem with people who got money who think they're the reason they got it. <laughs> let, let, let me set the record straight. The Lord doesn't have a problem with you having stuff. In fact, he doesn't have a problem with you having good stuff. You can have Louis and Gucci and everything else, but don't have it where you can't praise God with it. Don't be so where you're so lifted up and you are so high and mighty that you think you are all of that. Is there anybody in the house that knows all of my stuff came from the Lord? I, I just want to, I'm so happy to see y'all back. I'm, I'm just wondering, is there anybody virtually in the house? Any, any, anybody can share this testimony with me. Let me tell you, for the record, all my stuff comes from the Lord. Everything I have come from the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, my house, my car, my job, my education, my family, my peace of mind, my joy, my ability to tie my own shoes, my ability to wave my hand, everything I've got that's good come from the Lord. Somebody ought to give God at least a 30 second praise. Somebody owes God a praise. Woo! Maybe, maybe that, maybe that ought to be a hashtag today. Maybe somebody ought to put it out. Hashtag, all my stuff comes from God. So when you see me walking right, when you see me talking right, when you see me doing my best, it is God using me. He used my hands to do the working with. Woo! It comes from God. It comes from God. 
And even when I can't stand up anymore, I'll just wave my hand. Oh, uh, yeah. Grateful. 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 Woo. Look at somebody on the road beside you say, I am one grateful somebody. <laughs> I am one grateful. Y'all excuse me, tell excuse me if I holler in church, excuse me if, if I'm too animated, but if you only knew where I've come from, if you only knew what I had to go through, I am one grateful, woo! Yeah, yeah, listen. To be grateful, to be grateful is to be appreciative and thankful for the kindness and the blessings we receive. Uh, to be ungrateful is when one is not appreciative or thankful. Let me say that again. Grateful is when you are appreciative and thankful. Ungrateful is when you are not appreciative and thankful. One more time, let me try it again. Gratefulness is when you are appreciative and thankful. Ungrateful is when you think you got it by yourself. Look at somebody and say, you're not that bad. You, you're not, I don't care how deep you are, how smart you are. I don't care what you think you got going on. You had some help from the Lord. And if God had not pulled your ragged self up out of the dumps, if God had not made a way out of nowhere, and when your enemy and your foe came upon you to eat up your flesh, woo! Somebody shout, but God. Somebody shout, but God. Oh, y'all, excuse me. Somebody shout, but God. But, but, but God. Let me tell you something. Tell your story. You appreciate this. Deacon Albert Simmons, Deacon Lumpkin, and others who've been around. So somebody saw me the other week. We were, we were in some kind of meeting talking about future development and what God is getting ready to do. And somebody says, oh, when, when I look at y'all church, y'all are one of, one of those blessed, uppity, uh, bougie type churches. Y'all got all this going on. I said, hold it. You don't know the story. I said, before you issue judgment, at least hear the story. Thirteen folk from Camden, Arthurtown, and Taylors started a storefront ministry. The church burned down. They had to go to a house and a school. The preacher was an oil truck driver. And they said, oh, I never heard that. I said, so before you cast judgment, at least know the story. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, Thank you, Mother Mazzalee, Lord, and all he's done for me. My soul cries out. Woo! Is there anybody got a story? Do you have a story? Tell somebody, I got a story. I got a story. I've got a story. Woo! But God, but God, but God, but God, what you see now is only what God has done. And if it had not been for the Lord, woo, listen. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. May I preach this? It is important to note that when we talk about being grateful. We're not talking solely about the noticeable blessings, but all of them. Look at somebody and say all of them. Those blessings that everyone notices and those blessings that no one knows about but you and God. See, you know the noticeable blessings. You know what I drive. But you don't know the crying at night I go through before I crank up my car. Can 
you may know where I live, but you don't know the hell we had to go through in order to fight off the demons that did not want you to have anything. Look at somebody say, I praise God for blessings seen and unseen. Somebody got an unseen blessing. Somebody got an unnoticeable blessing that nobody knows about but you and God. And you ought to give God your best praise. Ah, y'all excuse me. That deserves one praise. That deserves one praise. Come on, Zion. your neighbor no more touching <laughs> but wave at somebody and say neighbor that praise was for every blessing you don't know about Woo! every blessing you don't know about every move of God Before you sit down, look at somebody and say, neighbor, I'm too blessed to act cute. Woo! I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, don't let these clothes fool you. There's some blessed folk up in here that know God has been good to you. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all just, ah, I'm trying to preach. I, 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 I just feel the anointing all up in here. Anybody too blessed to act cute? Too blessed to be cute? Too blessed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Woo. Ah. Can I tell you what the Lord said to me? Um, Mother Jackson, the Lord said to me, he said, Daryl, please remind the congregation to be blessed every day for everything. And I said, Lord, I got you. He says, tell them for every day in your life, you wake up it is of the lord's mercies Woo. you have not been consumed his compassion faileth not it is renewed every morning Woo. great is thy faithfulness somebody needs to give god a praise for a sunday morning blessing I'm not even talking about last week. God bless you this morning. If you got out the bed, you owe God a praise. Woo. Lord, I thank you. Get on the text. Excuse me, let me get to the text. I, I know I've got to let you go a little early. You're sitting there with the mask on. I know it's uncomfortable. But somebody even under your mask know how to Shabbat God. Amen. Hey, listen. In, in, this, in this gospel narrative, and I tried to get there earlier, in this gospel narrative, this is a very incredible story uh, of an attitude of gratitude. In our text, we have a powerful story of the healing of 10 men who are all suffering from the dreadful disease. 
the disease of leprosy. This airborne disease which existed millennials ago, this dreadful bacterial disease that ate away somebody's skin, that caused deformities on people. This disease that is now referred to as the Hassan disease is a disease that was dreaded at the time. Up until 1940, there was actually no way of treating it or curing the disease. And if you got it, it was basically a life of isolation, a life of quarantining for the rest of your life. May I preach this? In, in fact, there are noted cases of women giving birth to a child and the woman had leprosy and the moment the child was born, the child was taken from the mother never to see the child again. They lived in what is known as leper colonies that existed even in the United States up until 1940 and beyond. And there were some in Hawaii, some in other isolated parts of this country, certainly in parts of the world. Uh, verse 12 of the text tells us, this is important, that while on his way to Jerusalem, may I preach this? Jesus, look, look at this, and I, and I don't want you to lose this in your praise. That's why I wanted to slow this down. Jesus entered a certain village where 10 men with leprosy lived. Now, I told you about the disease. I told you about where they lived. And so you don't stumble across a leper village. If you end up there, it is because you intended to go there. It was so isolated. It was so out of the way. You don't just take a wrong turn and you end up in a leper colony or in a village where lepers live. So Jesus went there on purpose. Ah, I just feel something. It is important for you to understand that Jesus went there looking for them. They were not looking for him. Jesus went there. Isn't that somebody's testimony in here? That you are where you are simply because he went looking for you. Jesus crossed the track to find you. Jesus entered into some unsavory places just to pull you out. Ooh. He went there. We are told that when he showed up in the village, that these 10 lepers saw Jesus there. And they knew who he was based on their reaction to him. They cried out, Master, have mercy on us. So they heard about Jesus. They knew that he was a healer. Perhaps they heard the story of how he touched the woman with the issue of blood. And immediately she was made whole. Perhaps they heard the gospel narrative of how blind Bartimaeus on the Jericho Road was healed because he had an encounter with Jesus. So they approached Jesus and note they all cried out. I'm going somewhere. They all asked for deliverance. They all were afflicted with the same disease of leprosy. Jesus says to them in verse 14, he looked at them. The text never says he touched them. He looked at them and says, go show yourselves to the priests. Let me put a note in that. Reason why that was important, because even if you had been healed, and the priest had not confirmed your healing or your deliverance, 
you could not reintegrate back into society. So the only way they could go be with their families again, the only way they could go back and have some semblance of a normal life that they once knew is that they had to go to the priest and say, look, I no longer have this disease. The priest would have said, I confirm that. Give them some type of certification, some type of uh, uh, witness that the priest has done it. And then they can go back joyfully and reunite with their family. I'm going somewhere. All 10 were sick. All 10 shouted out, have mercy on us. Jesus speaks into the life of all 10. All 10 went to see the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they all, how many? Somebody say 10. All were cleansed. So I want to review again for you. All 10 sick. All 10 10 needed to be done. 10 Jesus speaks over their life. All 10 leads on their way to be confirmed by the priest. And then all 10 are healed. However, this is where the consensus stops. I'm going somewhere. Perhaps there are people in your group just as blessed as you are. Perhaps you're not the only one on your job that has received an increase. Perhaps you're not the only one in your family that God has made a way out of nowhere. But where the consensus usually stops is that everybody is not always grateful. May I preach this? Uh, are you one of the grateful ones? This is where the consensus stopped. The text says in verse 15 that one of them, in fact, I would add only one of them, whew, when he saw that he was healed, put his trip to the priest on hold. Somebody got to follow me. Oh, when he went down the street, Pastor Matt, and he looked at his hand, and his hand looked new. And he looked at his feet, and his feet did too. Only one of them cut off the trip to the priest and say, before I go to the priest, I've got to go back to somebody more important than the priest. Can I preach? He took a risk. Because if he was caught without the confirmation of the priest, even though he had been healed, he still would have been stoned to death. But only one of them that says, I owe somebody something. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? Only one of them said, before I can even go back and celebrate with my family, before I can go back and eat a decent meal, I've got to go find the man named Jesus. And I owe him thank you before I go any further. Is there anybody in here to say before I do anything else, I've got to thank the Lord. Before you put your name out on social media, before you take a billboard, before you brag about how blessed you are, my question is, have you fallen on your knees and lifted your hands to tell the Lord thank you? Take 10 seconds to lift those hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Ooh, come on, somebody. Come on. Look at the text. Look at the text. As he went back, Verse 16 says, he fell to the ground at the feet of Jesus. Lord, I can't go any further. I, I, I know my family would love to see me, but
but I owe you something before I see my family. And he lifted his voice and he began to verbally and publicly and outwardly praise God and thank him for what the Lord had done. Ten had the disease. Ten asked for deliverance. Ten were spoken over by the words of the Lord. Ten were healed as they went, but only one. <laughs> but only one. I need you to do me a favor. Just look over at somebody and say, are you the one? <laughs> only one. Only one. Only one said I had to come back. Lord, I owe you praise. Jesus asked in verse 18, he says, didn't I heal 10? Weren't there 10 of you? And here's the rhetorical question of the gospel narrative. Where are the other nine? It's rhetorical because Jesus knew where they were. Jesus knew that they were more concerned about getting their flesh and their life back in order than praising God. Where are the other nine? Where are the others? Where are those that God has been so good to? Some of them are in your family, but they never praise God. They never pay tithe and offering. They never worship God. Some of them, if God had not delivered them, some of them should be institutionalized or incarcerated right now. But God, but God, you've got some nine in your family. I've got some in my family. We all know some people close to us that ought to be grateful for what the Lord has done. But you know what? I can't talk for them. All I can do is speak for myself and tell the Lord I'm grateful. All the grateful folks say, I'm grateful. All the grateful folks say, I'm here, Pastor. I'm here. I am so grateful for what the Lord has done. Somebody ought to take a minute right now. Somebody ought to take a few minutes or seconds right now and just tell the Lord I'm grateful. Come on. Come on. Come on. Every now and then, I know everybody perhaps not in a position to stand, but you can at least wave those hands and say, Lord, I'm grateful. <coughs> Come on. Grateful. Lord, I had to come back. All the pain that you're in, Deacon Lumpkin, you're still here. You've got every excuse to be home, but you're still here because you're grateful. Anybody know? Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. All the grateful folks. All the grateful, grateful somebody. I am one grateful. I am one grateful. Woo, come on. Stand to your feet wherever you are right now. Come on. Lord, I... Woo. Listen. Woo. Listen. As we prepare to conclude this message, I just want to share these three key insights with you and we're gone. Ooh, I, I, I feel the anointing in here. Ooh, I, I tried to end this a little earlier, but I, I, something I, I'm just feeling all the grateful folks said, Pastor, you can preach this <laughs> because you, you, you are talking about my testimony. Listen, three key insights. Number one, gratitude is an attitude. It's a mindset. It's personal. Listen, all the wonderful things that God perhaps have done for members of my family, I can't speak for them. All the wonderful things that God has even done for my wife or my sons or my mother and my sisters and my brothers, all I can speak for is Darrell. I hope and I believe he is grateful and 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 Mac 
I sincerely believe he is grateful. But there's only one person. I, I believe my wife is grateful. Ooh. But all I can speak for is me. It is personal. I am grateful. That's why you haven't heard me say we are grateful because I don't know if you are or not. Uh, but I just want to take time to tell the Lord, I, I, I'm not sure about the rest of you all in here right now, but I am. Ooh, I am grateful. Listen, all 10 received the same blessing. However, all of them did not share the same attitude. Only one of them had an attitude of gratitude. Second key insight quickly is this. An attitude of gratitude will always lead us to acknowledge the source of our blessings. I don't care how blessed you are, how gifted, talented, anointed you are. Please don't take credit for what God has done. Listen, you may have matriculated through schools of higher learning. You may have multiple degrees behind your name. But if God didn't wake you up every morning and may and help you to motivate you, to, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't leave the house. How many of you know that it was God that was on your side? Anybody know that God deserves the praise? God deserves the credit? Anybody want to acknowledge him? Anybody? want to acknowledge him in all thy ways acknowledge him come on it was God it was God it was God Woo. here's the third here's the third and the final insight the second one was that an attitude of gratitude will always lead us to acknowledge the source of our blessing. The third one is similar but yet different. It says an attitude of gratitude will always lead us to return to the source of our blessing to say thank you. Ooh, <laughs> that's why you're here on Sunday morning. It would have been easier for you to stay home in your pajamas, but you're here because you want to say thank you. That's why some of you got up that are worshiping virtual with us right now and you cut off everything else you are doing to say thank you. Here's what I tell people all the time. Someone said to me, Pastor Jackson, Dickson Simmons, they said Sundays aren't as sacred as what they used to be. Why do you think that? And I say perhaps some have forgotten that it was God. And it's not taking too much out of your schedule to just dedicate a little while, if it's virtual or in person or wherever you are, to say, Lord, before I hit a golf ball, I'll say thank you. Before I swing a tennis racket on Sunday, I'll say thank you. Before I cut the grass, whoo, who am I preaching to? Before I get in my car and drive to Charlotte to go shopping, before I go to brunch at Halls or anywhere else you want to go, I just want to say thank you. Is there anybody that says, I've got to say thank you? Ooh, because God has been good to you. Has God been? Sometimes we lose focus. And I know so many people that think that they're all of that and have forgotten if God did not deliver them. We were nothing if it had not been for the Lord on our side. And so as we conclude this message this Sunday, the first of at least five messages dealing with attitudes. We're going to talk about an attitude of contentment. We're going to talk about an attitude of humility, an attitude of love, an attitude of forgiveness. But this is one that says an attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful. Ooh, I'm grateful. Listen, as we prepare for the altar, and to those of you who would like to come to the altar, we have two requirements keep your mask on 
you don't touch and you have some separation and we've done it safely for the last couple weeks I invite you to come right now because some of you said pastor I've got to get to the altar J.J. Harrison writes this song that Christian Williams sings better than J.J. in my opinion and the song simply says I'm grateful if I were you I wouldn't leave because this is the best part of the service. <laughs> I'm grateful for all the things you have done, all that you've done for me. You've been faithful and merciful for my sins. You forgave me. Hallelujah. Anyone? Just want to give God a hallelujah praise. I will sing to you all the glory I will give to you. I like this next clause. I could never praise you enough. I'm grateful. I am grateful for the things you've done. For me, if you're worshiping virtually with us, uh, stop whatever you're doing right now. This is the sacred part of this service. This is you and God right now. If you're grateful, come on, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a testimony. St. Christian, yeah. Things you've done, Ooh, uh, done for me. You've been faithful uh, and merciful. Ah, uh, yes, you have. For my sins, you uh, forgave me. Uh, Put your hands right here on your heart. It's you and God. You and God for a moment. Yes. Come on, just hug yourself if you can. I will give to you. I could never. Saint Christian, yeah. That's my testimony in your heart. Good to you. Of my 
virtually contact numbers on the screen call us text us email us to those of you that are in this place know that God appreciates your sign and your efforts that you show how grateful you are I know it wasn't easy for some of you to get here but you're here You've sat through this service for an hour and a half with a mask because you're grateful. Ooh. God will remember even when others have forgotten. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us as you did in this gospel narrative. That everybody who's blessed are not always grateful. 
Help us to never be like the other nine. To forget the source of our blessings. And Lord, it doesn't matter how far we go in life. It doesn't matter how high we go. It doesn't matter what we achieve in this life. Help us to always have an attitude of gratitude. We're grateful. Because when we're grateful, you will continually bless us, even with more blessings, beyond what we can ask or what we could even think. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And everybody that's grateful said amen. If you want to join the church, if you want to commit your life to the Lord, the elders are at the back of the church. Come on, just walk back and talk to somebody. If you're viewing virtually, call us, text us right now. Right. Yeah. Right now, wherever you are, somebody, if you want prayer, you want to talk to somebody, amen. Listen, before, the, before we move into our Holy Communion, we want to thank you as we enter into the vision offering part of our service. This has blessed so many people because God asked us at the beginning of the year to ask everyone to sow $7. It's one thing to say you're grateful, but it's another one to act like you're grateful. Amen. And so many of you have done that over and over again. You have, since the beginning of this year, sown that seed. I told the story this morning of receiving something in the mail from someone from out of town. And they sent a check, a large check, uh, and... They said, this is for everybody in my family for every week we've missed this week. And they said, I just want to be a part of what God is doing. And God reminded me, I can hear my father says in my ear, I told you. So God would do what God has promised he would do. So I say thank you to all of you. Thank you for demonstrating your gratitude towards the Lord. It's one thing to say it, but it's another one to sow on that. And you've done just that. God will remember when others have forgotten. Sometimes before this year is over, we're going to share with you an announcement. And as it looks now, we're going to be breaking ground on three projects at the same time. That had to be God. We're just waiting to share as we share with our board later and with you when it's finalized. God's going to allow us to rejoice over something that only God could do. And when you see this, you're going to say this had to have been God. 13 people from one community move in an area with a goal to transform people's lives. And God stepped right in. Amen. And if God can do it for us, God can do it for you. Amen. Anybody grateful right now? Sow that seed. Come on. As Pastor Mac, come on. The praise team, tell us right now. We give God a praise for the word of God and attitude of gratitude. Oh, come on. What an awesome, awesome message from our pastor. As we prepare for our holy communion, to those of you that will participate virtually with us, we're going to give you time to go get the juice and bread that uh, you are going to prepare for holy communion. Our praise team is going to lead us into a short uh, communion selection, then we'll come back with our communion scripture and we'll administer communion.
those of you in the worship center, you would stand as we prepare for our scripture, for our communion. To those of you that are viewing us virtually, if you want to stand wherever you are, you can as we partake in our holy communion. Our scripture says, for I've received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night of which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever should eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. As we get ready to partake in our holy communion, once again, the scripture says, and on the same night when he was betrayed, he said, take, eat, this is my body, which has been broken for you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which has been shared. For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us commune together. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for participating in our virtual Holy Communion. To those that are in the worship center, you can dispose of the sacraments after our benediction outside in the best of you. With uplifted hands, let's prepare for the benediction. After the benediction, those in the sanctuary, if you would be seated, the ushers will come and, and guide you on which section should go out. And our church mothers can leave out on the back door. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for the word of God. God, we thank you for an attitude of gratitude. We thank you, God, that we're grateful for the things you've done for us. Now, God, we thank you for this holy communion. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. every one of you for tuning in today. If you desire prayer, please do not hesitate. Call 1-888-776-1238. There'll be someone available to pray for and with you. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you were moved by the message in any way, please share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.